Hi, and welcome to the Investment Week podcast for February 2018. This month, we're talking about the ETF industry. I'm your host, Jane Arana, and I'm Senior Asset Management Correspondent at Investment Week. Investment Week has been the premier publication serving professional investors in the UK since 1995. You can find out more about us by visiting www.investmentweek.co.uk. 2017 was a stellar year for the ETF market, with net issuance jumping to around $473 billion at the end of December, up 67% from the previous year. Meanwhile, their popularity on platforms and ratings agencies only grew with Morningstar, adding about 270 new products to its database. Our asset management correspondent Tom Eckett will be speaking to Simon Mott from Han ETF to talk about the ETF trends we should expect to see this year and which asset classes he expects to see the most growth in. But first, I will be speaking to Brian Lake, Managing Director and Head of International ETFs at JP Morgan Asset Management. Thanks for coming in today, Brian. So first of all, can you explain as briefly as you can what an ETF is, what it's used for, and how it differs to a standard USITS fund? So um, most ETFs are actually USITS funds. Um, So they're like a traditional mutual fund, but with a couple of additional kind of features to them. Uh, So it's basically like a USITS mutual fund with the properties of a security. So it trades throughout the day on the exchange, uh, it's transparent, and it tends to be lower cost. And what do you think will be the biggest headwinds for the ETF market this year? So I don't know about um, overall headwinds. What I, what I think is um, something that the ETF industry, and particularly um, here in Europe, needs to be focused on is continued investor education. Um, making sure that um, all different types of investors are comfortable uh, understanding how the ETF wrapper itself works uh, and how they can be incorporating it into their portfolios. Um, I think that there's uh, a a big misnomer out there that ETF or exchange traded fund equals passive equals index. And, uh, you know, in general, but particularly at JP Morgan, we want to be very careful to separate those conversations. So we think about the ETF as a technology. It's a wrapper. Um, In in some ways, you know, you could view it as the first fintech. Um, And then what you put inside of the ETF is the investment proposition. Uh, And so it doesn't necessarily have to be just a passive index. Um, You have the benefits of the ETF wrapper, and then you have what goes in that. Uh, So I think one of the biggest challenges and opportunities is to continue to get investors comfortable with how that concept works. Um, As mentioned earlier, we saw a lot of um, inflows last year. Do you think we'll we'll see that again this year? It it indeed was a record year um, for ETF inflows last year in Europe, uh, as well in the US, as well in Asia. Um, we've now um, surpassed over $5 trillion globally uh, in the ETF industry. Um, one of my favorite statistics is there's never been a rolling five-year period where ETF assets haven't doubled. That's globally, that's regionally. Um, so um, just going further and as, as investors get more comfortable with how that ETF wrapper works and some of the benefits that it comes with and, and, and the ways that they can build better portfolios using ETFs, Um, I think that this is a trend that will be established. Uh, I think over the last five years, the cumulative average growth rate has been over 20% uh, here in Europe. So you've you've now got an an ETF industry that's over $800 billion uh, that's had over 20% growth um, uh, cumulatively over the last five years. JP Morgan already had a strong US-based ETF suite, but expanded into the European market at the end of last year. Why did you do this? Where did you see the gap? 
So, so Europe is the second largest ETF market in the world behind the US. Um, as I mentioned, it's, it's, it's over $800 billion. It's, it's growing as fast or faster uh, than the US market. And so uh, at, at JP Morgan, we think of ourselves as a, as a global asset manager. We're, we're truly global. Um, and so it, it was a natural extension uh, of, our, of our global uh, ETF strategy. There's um, some particular things that are happening here in Europe that we think are uh, very interesting. Um, you, you, you've seen you know, an evolution of, of a regulatory environment with MIFID II, um, which drives towards a lot of um, things that, that will highlight the benefits and, and, and strengths of the ETF wrapper. So you've got a regulatory environment that's evolving more towards, uh, more towards the ETF uh, world. Uh, you've got clients, as I mentioned, that are increasingly comfortable using uh, the ETF wrapper. Uh, and you've got a lot of infrastructure changes and enhancements that are happening that'll make it um, continually uh, get easier to use ETFs um, here in Europe. And so there was, there was a number of things, and the list goes on, but there were a number of things that pointed to uh, significantly increasing usage of ETFs here in Europe. Um, what was the response like? Yeah, so the response has been been really positive. Um, you know, when we talk to investors, they're uh, really excited to see J.P. Morgan entering this space. Uh, we've gotten a lot of very positive feedback, um, particularly around how we've positioned ourselves. And so, as I mentioned earlier, um, we think of the ETF as as a wrapper, a technology, um, but probably just as importantly as what goes inside that ETF. Um, so we've launched some of our flagship active capabilities uh, in the ETF wrapper, uh, which is um, really been an evolution in the industry and has been, and, and, and as we talk to clients, has been really positively received um, because they do like the concept of getting kind of flagship capabilities through the flexibility of the ETF wrapper. And what are your plans for the rest of the year? Uh, so we're going to continue to build, right? So we, we, you know, we plan on you know, continuing to expand on our infrastructure. Um, we've got uh, very sound infrastructure. We've built our ETF business into the broader JP Morgan infrastructure, so it's as robust um, as you would expect it to be. Um, it, it, it's quite sound from that standpoint, so we feel very very comfortable with how we're positioned there. Uh, we're going to continue to build out our, our um, product range, so you know uh, we've got alternative capabilities. We're launching fixed income capabilities. We'll also work on doing uh, more equity uh, capabilities as well, so we'll have all different asset classes um, covered. Uh, and then we'll continue to build out on our um, kind of um, marketing and awareness uh, side where we have um, just more of a presence, uh, whether it's in the media or whether it's working with investors or whether it's doing you know, a more educationally focused uh, activity. Um, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be ramping up on, on all those. And so it's, it's really a continued build, build year for us. Um, and, uh, and we're really excited about that because um, you know, we think that we have uh, some really interesting things to bring to the market. Uh, that investors are asking us to do. Um, and so it's always great when you can uh, develop things that people are looking for. Um, one of these conversations that we seem to have quite a lot in this industry is the whole active versus passive debate. So what would you say to someone who was maybe a bit nervous about going into the ETF industry? You know, what's interesting is um, I, I think that there's, you know, maybe in the media and maybe in academia, you, you kind of see people trying to define what is active and passive. Um, but my firsthand experience with investors is that they, they are somewhat indifferent between the two. Uh, and they're more, they're more concerned about um, getting the exposure that they're actually looking for. So um, the example I always give is, you know, an investor doesn't wake up in the morning and say, 
ooh, what active capability should I go buy or what passive capability should I go buy? They wake up in the morning and they say, I, I want to improve my U.S. equity allocation. What's the best way to do that? Um, and so I think there's benefits to all different investment capabilities, be it active or passive or smart beta, which you know, we kind of view as sitting somewhere in between, having the best features of both. Um, and it really goes back to the investor being at the, the center of the equation and understanding what they're trying to accomplish in their portfolio, identifying the capability that they think accomplishes that best, and then using that capability. Brilliant. Um, well, we look forward to seeing how it, it grows within JP Morgan. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Asset Management Correspondent Tom Eckett and I'll be speaking to our second guest today, Simon Mott. Simon is Director and Global Head of Marketing at Han ETF, a white-label platform which provides firms with the tools to launch and manage ETFs. Hi, Simon. Tom, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, if we could start by talking about the trends within the ETF industry, what do you think are the big ones to look for in 2018? Well, you know, 2017 was really a kind of watershed moment for the European ETF industry and the levels of asset flow we saw coming in were really unprecedented. Um, so in Europe, we've now exceeded the $800 billion mark in terms of ETF assets. And that represented over 40% growth in the industry last year. So this is, you know, an extremely significant trend. And I think, you know, that is certainly going to continue more money is going to start pouring in, more funds will be launched. And I think, you know, the original predictions that we'd hit a trillion dollars uh, of assets under management by 2020 now look very conservative. And I think we're actually on track to hit that probably by the summer of 2018 and really go beyond that by the end of this year. Some of the other trends that we might be able to predict, um, I think technology is really playing an increasingly important role um, in all of our lives and really all dimensions, but particularly in investment management and, and asset management. Um, and when you think about the way that Amazon has changed the way people shop or YouTube has changed the way that people consume media, you know, I think ETFs are really part of that very same technology story. They're going to change the way that people consume, uh, distribute and, and sell investment ideas. And ETFs really are a technology, they're not, a, uh, they're not an asset class, or they're not a product type, they're a mechanism through which uh, asset managers or research desks or uh, anyone with uh, an, an investment idea can bring that to market in, a, in an effective manner and benefit from what's really a disruptive distribution uh, technology. And I think also ETFs of ETFs, uh, just to take it to the next level, are also something that we're going to, again, see more of, where people wrap asset allocation ideas into a single structure, which is then tradable on exchange. We've seen a number of these things happen in the USA, um, very recently with a company called Seven Handle. Um, and I think we can see, again, some, some more use of that in, here in Europe. And I think it just spurs product innovation, it spurs asset allocation innovation, and it gives people a new toolkit which they can use to build businesses. And ultimately, it's about better serving the investor. That every pound you don't spend in fees is a pound you can put back in your pocket and put to work in the marketplace. And I think these are some of the ideas that we've, uh, you know, we've seen be successful elsewhere. And I think Europe is 
really a centre for, for, uh, for innovation. It won't take us long to catch up. And I think, you know, we've got a lot of great fintech companies and a lot of great uh, ideas being generated here, which are relying on ETFs as the fuel for their new businesses. You touched on uh, regulation. What do you think the sort of biggest impact of MIFID II will be? Well, I think it's a good question. I think it's obviously a little bit early to tell what the full impact would be, but I think generally the ETF industry is positive about the effect of MIFID II. And I think that comes down to really two or three different things. Um, we at Han ETF never talk about liquidity when it comes to ETFs. Um, we tend to talk about volumes. Um, ETFs by their nature are liquid products. Um, they have uh, um, market makers who are there to guarantee pricing, guarantee availability. So we're much more interested in talking about volumes. And uh, because the um, significant proportion of trades in Europe occur in the over-the-counter market, it's really been like an iceberg previously. You've been able to see the tip of the activity if you look at screen volume, but there's been a lot of activity underneath the surface that hasn't been visible. And that has raised question marks in some people's mind as to actually how much activity there is in uh, certain products. So I think MIFID will really shine a light onto the full uh, scope of the trading activity, um, give people a lot more confidence uh, in the uh, availability for them to uh, drop trades into the market of significant scale and be able to kind of execute them and, uh, and get those trades filled. Secondly, because there is now an increased focus on uh, fees and costs within investment products um, under MIFID, I think again that will be beneficial because ETFs typically uh, are low cost products compared to you know, some of the traditional mutual funds. And so when we think about um, the value for money that people are getting out of their exposure, I think you know, ETFs have a great deal to offer in that respect. Um, across asset classes and I think that will spur adoption and really encourage um, institutional investors, wealth managers, uh, brokers and, and so forth to you know, look a lot harder and, and use ETFs a lot more. So I think it's going to be a huge uh, tailwind for the industry. Moving on to sort of ETF growth, um, ETFs globally passed 5 trillion. So which area of the European ETF market do you expect to see the the most growth? So I guess it depends what you mean by growth. I mean, almost by definition, the equity segment of the market will, will see the most growth because there's most availability and there's, there's most products in that area. And that currently is where the majority uh, of the assets sit. You can obviously chop up the equity market into many different sl uh, slices. Um, we've seen the conventional approach, which has been to look at countries, regions and sectors. But if we look across the Atlantic, we really see a growth in thematic products, um, ones that maybe look at social media, alternative intelligence, uh, future uh, transportation, those kind of areas. Beyond that, I think Smart Beta has been, uh, you know, getting a, a lot of play uh, in the media and, and really pulling in, um, you know, some assets. Um, this was uh, not a new idea. It's been around for a long time. It's been around for at least 10 years with some of the fundamentally weighted products. But I think now we're seeing the growth of factors and multi-factor products, which are incorporating some of the principles of active management, systemizing them, wrapping rules around them, and then putting them out into the marketplace. And again, it just gives people a different uh, combination of 
um, ingredients to, to, to bake their investment cake with. Um, I think fixed income is clearly an area where there is uh, scope for massive product development. Uh, when you look at the size of the fixed income market as, as a whole, relative to the amount of choices that people have within fixed income ETFs, there is definitely more scope there. Um, you know, we've seen some interesting ideas here in uh, here in London very recently uh, with uh, with JP Morgan um, launching both active and uh, index tracking fixed income products. And I think active is also one of those themes that could see some growth. As I said, ETFs aren't uh, an asset class or a distribution technology. And as traditional active managers and traditional asset managers see this massive growth potential, as they look to the future and try and understand how they're going to serve uh, clients going forwards, how they're going to serve millennial investors and, and really think towards the future, you know, ETFs provide a very interesting and powerful way for them to put their active strategies out there to a much broader audience. Consolidation was obviously a massive trend in the ETF industry last year with Invesco buying a source, ETF securities getting snapped up by Wisdom Tree, and then also you had new players coming to market like JP Morgan, as you just mentioned. Do you, do you expect to see further consolidation and new players entering the space in 2018? Well, it's, it, from the consolidation side of things, it's difficult to know what's left to buy. Um, so if you're, if you're going out there with a view to doing m and I'm not sure how many options you have left within Europe. So what I think this creates is huge opportunity for a diversity of managers to now enter the market. And as you mentioned, uh, a number of asset managers from outside of Europe have begun to list products uh, here in London or in, or in Switzerland, in, in, in France, Germany, Italy and so forth. Uh, we obviously mentioned JP Morgan, but we've seen a number of large US managers it's like Franklin Templeton, uh, Fidelity and Goldman bringing products to the market in the last few months. We've also seen asset managers from uh, Asia Pacific uh, coming into Europe, uh, companies like Full Gold and, and GF. And so I think that will continue because Europe is the second largest ETF market. It provides a massive opportunity for people to uh, come in. Uh, we, we don't have enough competition out there, honestly. And I think this is one of the reasons why HAN ETF exists, is to really kind of help asset managers who aren't familiar with Europe or don't have local infrastructure to bring their ideas into Europe, access these uh, very interesting markets in a, in a quick and, and easy and, and low-cost way. Thanks for coming in, Simon. Back to Jaina. That's all we have time for today for this month's podcast. We would love to hear your comments as well as ideas for future podcasts or if there are any particular topics you would like us to cover. You can contact me via email at jaina.rana at incisivemedia.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>